What's up, everybody? Welcome, Welcome. into the NG Podcast, where podcast. we talk to the next generation about being the next generation. Uh, excited to be with you. Sorry, I sound like a frog. I've got the whatever. I ran in the cold, and it was not smart. It's all good. Yeah. We be um, there sometimes. Yeah, but how you doing? Everybody's getting it. Like, seems like most people are getting some kind of under the weather, like a little frog in the throat. It's because of the stupid groundhog wanted spring to come too early. But anyways, <laughs> um, I'm all right. No, but how you doing? I'm doing great. Manny, how you doing? Good. Taking a drink good back week. there? Cool. Yeah, good yeah. week. I don't remember you taking a, a drink break, but okay. Yeah, that's unacceptable, no, we, no, hey, we don't pay um, you for this. Like, what are you doing? Great, great time this morning <laughs> at, at men's breakfast. If you missed it, don't miss it next week. Mm. Um, it was a really good time. Jerry Bear talked to us about about um, listening. Ooh, I was wondering so, if you listened. Well, <laughs> I caught a few, <laughs> caught a few things. Uh, no, so we talked about listening. He's going through a really cool War Horse series. So if you haven't come to that, uh, Denny's every Thursday, six thirty a.m. It's a good time with Jerry Bear. Um, some of the Garcia guys, the, the Manny crew came yeah. over and that was awesome. Super cool. Um, I loved it. I think we had two services represented this morning, which was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was awesome. Pastor Eddie and Pastor Ed was there. So it was good to have him too. So yeah. if you haven't come to that, make sure you guys come to that. It's a really great time and there's pancakes and stuff. So oh, why yeah, would breakfast. you not? I mean, you have to buy it yourself, but, but why would you not come? Well, you but it's a good deal. It's a value <laughs> slam. Yeah. It's a value. It's seven bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're doing commercials for Denny's. <laughs> hey, the number of perfection. <laughs> it's always open, 24 hours a day. It's American institution. Okay. Um, well, hey. Uh, Denny's. Yes, <laughs> Denny's. Denny's. Um, if, if, you're wondering, sadly, if you're wondering but... what to eat, their brisket. Mm. Mm. Top and If you ever want to know what meat looks like with no moisture in it, try that. Like worse than jerky. Try that. But <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> there's a reason why they pair it with When onion rings are the best part of the meal, there's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Manny said that they smoke it in the microwave. So Yeah. Um, That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but head on over there. I like their hearty nine grain pancakes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel healthier when I eat I them. love their syrup dispensers that take 14 years to pour. I, that's what out. I don't like. It's like SpongeBob like 10 years like, later. Yeah. Now, I like their hearty nine grain. I feel, I feel better about eating them, but then I just don't consider Because are the, the pancakes healthier? Yeah. Is the eight pounds of syrup that I put on there healthier? No. Yeah, but I don't think about that, you know? Absolutely. You don't think about the bacon bits and croutons. You think about the fact that you ate a salad, you know? Absolutely. And that counts. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah. count it, um, even though you're sitting right across from me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, We're not talking about Denny's today. Um, we're talking about boredom, Ooh. all right? And maybe... Maybe you're listening to this podcast because you're bored, and if that's if that's the case, good on you. I would. Uh, good on you. We we want to talk about boredom, um, and if you were at youth last night, you know that the topics today are boredom and bombs. Those are the two things that we're going to talk about. And uh, don't freak out. All right. Every time we said that, all the kids were like, they were like a little concerned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't worry, uh, it's all going to be really good stuff. Uh, but I want to talk about boredom. This is a topic that has come up a lot lately. Mm. Um, I mean, I know you've brought it up in lessons. I've had a, like side conversations about about uh, the beauty of boredom. And again, like I'm a 90. I was just watching a real like I'm a 90s kid. Yeah. And it's all about like I'm a 90s kid. And then he would like show things that he did as a 90s kid, <laughs> you know, uh, and this is before the smartphone. This is before all of that kind of stuff. And and like we've talked about this, but like, man, what'd you do before smartphones in a car? Like if you didn't have a smartphone, how do you spend that road trip, man? You just like look out the window and. Three hours later, you're there. You no, know? it's definitely and, uh, watch the watch the raindrops race each other down the window, or um, pretend like there's a little man that's running along the buildings and, and doing a bunch of cool tricks. That like, was always me. It was one of those things where like I'd either find like cool points of like where we're driving around, 
and like I don't know. I would think of like things falling through the air and like bomb yeah. areas, or like there's an invisible man always running and going parkour. Okay. Or I'd find stuff in the car <laughs> to play with. Like I would always like, like the handles on the car be like, yeah, there you go and just flip them or back up. For me, my mom will tell you too because she hates me for this. Is yeah. the window clicky? Click 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 click. Like I'll lift up the window like you know okay, the, there you go. the button yeah. for it, and I like when it's all the way up. You can't roll it up anymore, so I'll literally just like pull on it and it'll keep clicking. It'll be like click, that's click, not click, annoying click. at all. Yeah, so she would yeah. always like yell at me because she's like, "Stop clicking it! It's gonna break." Yeah, and well, I was like, "But uh. like even with your number twos, like sometimes those can last for a long time." And now you have heyday at your fingertips. You know, you can just spend your time clashing your clans and yeah, no, playing I did heyday. Not grow up with a phone, with but heyday, I didn't either. So I was like, you read the shampoo bottle or <laughs> yeah. write a book. I don't know. But... Did you ever try to like pull the ply apart on the toilet paper? No, but that maybe next time. <laughs> maybe yeah, next I've been time. there. You're like, this is triple ply toilet paper. I was like, let's prove that. We just used like, towels. Gently try to peel it apart. Like, yeah, we didn't have toilet paper when I grew up. And then we you got done you just in the trash because you're not gonna wipe with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just waste. And if you got single paper. ply, you're wasting your time. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, yeah. So the boredom um, is what we're talking about. Like, what do you do? And again, like the reason why I want to talk about boredom because. Like you were talking, you were talking about something before, like society defines boredom and it's like completely wrong, right? Yeah. About what I was like, playing like about this that. critical thinking game on my phone because I was like trying to. You were bored. I was bored, but also like to get ready for like tests and stuff. Like one thing I read was like just like play games about critical thinking, like Sudoku, things like that, which I already play. I love playing Sudoku. Sure. But I was like, okay, grandpa, relax. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sudoku, okay? Um, but then I got this like app that is like it challenges your reading it challenges your grammar like things like that and like one was like it would show words and you could like either relate it to good or like bad and like it would like synonyms kind of and it would have like the relations between the words and it put up like bored and i like put the good one and it like wrong and i was like what <laughs> yeah yeah and like i i get like we don't like being bored right mm -hmm. and i think that's you know partially because of our culture yeah we live in an entertainment culture you know? Well, I think kids do not know how to be bored nowadays. No, and I've been a victim of that, or definitely been there. Yeah, no, same. Like, I mean, if, especially we talked about. I mean, you talked about listening this morning. We talked about how how often we just have to fill in the the noise. I mean, mm -hmm. even this podcast. Maybe you're just chilling, and you were like, "It's too quiet." I guess I'll just listen to this podcast. Like, whatever we do, we just have to fill the noise. Background music. There's a reason you go in an elevator and they have music playing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Every like, car uh, ride, I throw on a podcast. Or yeah, music and yeah, it's something. Like, yeah, right. Uh, when you're working on homework or whatever it may be, you got to put on your music, or whatever. Um, but yeah, we're bad at being bored, and I know yes. like bored sounds like a bad term, and, and society says that boredom is a is a bad term. In fact, it's used in marketing to show like what what life is without us and what life is with us, and it's so much more exciting, you know. Yeah. Whether it's a, a chewing gum brand or a cruise line, you know, um, what you could be doing, what you are doing what you could be doing, you know, whatever. But boredom, I would say, is a good thing. And so Absolutely. let me ask you this. Since we're talking about it, what would you say is the beauty of boredom? Why Why is boredom a good thing? I think when you have nothing to do, your body will find ways to do things. And what I mean by that is that like... That sounds like a plot for a really bad <laughs> 80s sci-fi. Yeah. What I mean by that is like, I think your best creativity comes out when you're bored. That sounds better. Uh, yeah. Because I find like it's one of those things where like, oh, you give a kid an iPad, he's just going to sit there in the living room and watch things on his iPad and play games all day. But yeah. it's like my mom would literally kick us outside and lock the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're like, dang it. Like we couldn't even use the bathroom. We couldn't even get water. So we drank out of the hose and beat behind the yeah. shop. You know, it's like one of those of weird hose. things. But it's like we went out and we played with rocks. We played with 
sticks. We would like take the hose and like make lakes and like play like Animal Planet. Me and my brother used to do this all the time. Is we'd have like animal toys. Okay. And like literally, when we were younger, we would always like in our minds be an animal documentary where we're like <laughs> <laughs> the herd comes up to the pond and it's like the grass and then there's a predator in the background and be something like, always eats it. Yeah. 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 So like we'd always do fun stuff like that, and that was like things like. Your body's naturally, we're naturally adventurous and we're things like when God put Adam on the earth, he said, subdue it, go fill the earth, like be adventurous, do those things. He didn't say, go lay down in the grass and stay in the garden for all of eternity. And if you think of what we feel, you know, whether it's video games or whatever, like we like adventure in mm -hmm. movies, we like adventure in, you know, and I like even like if you go on like watching reels you know it'll show like some beautiful place that's secluded out in the middle of europe or whatever maybe and we like that yeah but then given the opportunity to go there we're like yeah but then i gotta get a plane ticket and like <laughs> yeah. like so we find excuses no, um it's funny no but even yeah, like with movies and video games all that like books they're all stories and like the reason why we're we love them or we're doing them or listening or reading or watching them is because we want to be in that story basically yeah. and it's like why do that when you can just go do it yeah, go outside. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I. it's funny that the reel that I mentioned, he said, I'm a 90s kid. My parents didn't care where I was as long as I was outside. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and that was, like, so true. You know, I like just growing up, and, and you find things to do. Like, you you mentioned creativity, you know, and biblically we would say, yes, everybody's creative. And and this is where it cracks me up so much because I'm, I'm an artist. I'm a graphic designer, those kinds of things. And so I hear so many people say, hey, we need your help. We're not very creative. And I tell people, no, you're not artistic. And there's a huge difference. Like creativity is being able to to take something and do something new with it. And I joke with people all the time, like, if you don't think you're creative, right? If you don't think you're creative, let's say that you need to open a can and you can't find the can opener. Mm. You'll get creative. Mm-hmm. Like you'll figure out a way to get into that can. I have a can like, opener on my keychain. There you go. That yeah. you gave me a long you're, time ago. You're welcome. I, like, I but, would so use that. And I've wondered where that thing is. I always forget that I gave it to you. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but still, like everybody is creative, and we know that because you're created in the image of a creator, right? So naturally, yeah. God is creative, and if we're made in His image, one of those those um, traits that we receive is creativity. In fact, um, in the in Exodus, the very first gifting of the Spirit that you see. Um, is creativity with mm-hmm. Bezalel, right? Where God gifts him by the Spirit with all manner of crafting and art and all those kinds of things. So, so everybody's creative, right? You might not be able to draw. Yeah. Um, you might not be able to put, you know, colors together or or arrange a room in an interesting feng shui way or whatever. <clears throat> but everybody's creative. The problem is we stifle that creativity because we just fill in all of those moments where our mind can be creative. Yeah. With other things, and that's the beauty of boredom is is when you're bored. Like you said, you will naturally find something to do mm-hmm. or like whatever. Like if your phone is dead, your iPad's dead, your AirPods are dead, like everything's dead around you. You're just the only thing living. You're locked out of your house. You'll, you'll yep. find something to do to entertain you, you know. Uh, and I, that's why I love watching my kids because my kids, you know, four and two, they don't have an iPad. We don't plan on giving iP- and a screen to yeah, our kids. Um, kids. You know, not that I would say screens, screens and, you know, iPads, whatever, are inherently bad. I, you know, I think that, you know, they're good for educational purposes, things like that. But that we don't want that to just be like, the, here, just go watch something, right? Because I've been a victim. Personally, I've been like, me growing up, I always, we never really had like the best gaming systems. Mm-hmm. Like I never had the new Xbox or the PlayStation. We always had like, oh, I had a GameCube for like games that were like 
old, like older than me. Don't, don't call them old. I love my GameCubes, okay? And then our PS2 still love that because at the time it was new, but then as it kept going on, all my friends yeah. started getting the Xbox 360, the PS3, and it was like, I never had all those. So growing up, I always like loved the time I go to my friend's house and play video games. Yeah. And it was one of those things that I always, always wanted to go do. But also I, I really cherish the fact that my parents like also didn't get me those new systems and didn't get me things that like, because I totally could have seen that would have absorbed all of my time. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I see the benefit on my heart that I love those things. But also, I see the benefits that it's like you also don't need those things and be creative and go do. Well, it's your way of contributing, yeah. right? Like you mentioned earlier, like be fruitful, multiply, sub, you know, fill the earth, subdue it. Like do something with what God made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cultivate, right? I mean, even planting plants, like that's a way of being creative. And because you know that some people have a green thumb, some people have a black thumb. Like they kill whatever they try and plant, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Versus you know those that are just gifted in making a beautiful garden and, and keeping it alive, you know. Whatever, but uh, you know, I think there, yeah, there is, and and it's a a, a concept that I heard. It's a great book, um, but it's called "Steal Like an Artist." Um, it's by Austin Kleon, and he has actually it's a three book series, and he talks about productive boredom, mm. where he has he has he specifically plans moments in his day, like one of them for him is ironing shirts. <clears throat> like he could go and get his clothes pressed, but he specifically irons his shirts one by one. Or doing the dishes and he specifically makes sure that he stands there and doesn't use his dishwasher he hand washes his dishes why because it's in those moments where he's just sitting there doing something mundane that his brain starts to work and think and and create and and he's an artist right yeah um, and so that's where a lot of ideas come i mean think about all the people that made those video games or those books or those movies that we yeah, like they had to create them somewhere and if they fill their day with something else when are they going to have the capacity to create you know, and so I think you know when we are better at being bored, um, you'll find things to enter to entertain you. You'll, I mean, you'll you'll find something, right? Oh, Even yeah. if you're talking to a volleyball um, named Wilson, Wilson. yeah. <laughs> um, which leads me to my next yeah, question, and I and I hope I gave you. And I'm sorry, like I didn't give you a ton of time to think about no, this no, question, but but tell us of a time that you filled and, and comment below if you're if you're watching this or text it in, send it into the NG uh, Instagram page. By the way, Next Gen LHC on Instagram. Send it in to us on there if, if, you're, if you're listening to this later. But tell us of a time you filled your period of boredom in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. And that could be weird. That could be productive. Like, what is a, a time that you were bored and you did something a little bit uh, unorthodox? I would say one thing that I can always relate to that we did a lot growing up, because I was always bored in the car. Always. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a tablet for a long time. Didn't have any of those things. Um, and our family would play uh, I'm Thinking of an Animal. Oh, that's the best. I love that game growing Kennedy up. Kennedy loves that game, Yeah, because my family, my brother loves animals. We've always kind of loved animals, and we loved yeah. watching, like, Planet Earth, all that stuff growing up. Um, I still, I'll sit there and watch a 4K footage of a bison hitting another bison on the head. Like, it's all the best. I love Planet Earth. As long as something's but it's trying to something like, We would always <laughs> just sit back, and we would play, like, we'd go in a circle in the car, who, who, what animal you're thinking of, and it would take that time just to think and narrow it down, and it's always yes or no questions. It's never like, well, can this animal um, be in our house right now, but also, and then you're like, no, it's like, is it a mammal? And you're like, well, what's a mammal? And it's like, let me teach you. It was like one of those yeah, cool yeah. things. It was like one of those, you get to learn as you play the game too. Yeah. And it's one thing that I also realized that a lot of people don't know what that game is. Dude, and, you just taught Kennedy that game. <laughs> yeah. And it was so like, it was so cool. Like I got to meet some people that were like, like going to camp. Some of the staff had no idea what that game was. And I was like, oh. 
let's play it. I'm going to teach oh, you. Yeah. And so it was like, some of them like have no idea what animals were either. Like some of them, I was like, I'm thinking of a, and they're like, what the heck is that? And you're like, yeah. but it was no, really cool. Yeah. Just to like, Ours is called person place or, yeah person place or thing it's yeah. basically the same game but you know all right it is a person yes yeah you can ask questions but and if you don't know what these games are i'm sorry you weren't yeah i encourage you to play them yeah, yeah they're great. um that's we'll, text really you. We'll, we'll send you the rules uh, yeah. they're very simple very fun um yeah no kennedy i mean half the time it's a flamingo but we just taught <laughs> we just taught kennedy that game is it pink? sorry yes. i keep, I keep punching the wall yes hmm. the microphone penguin no <laughs> yeah uh, or it's the one that you just did. So, like, mine was a crab, and she's like, okay, I'm thinking of an animal. It's in the ocean. Okay. Is it a crab? Yes. And you're like, oh, wow, <laughs> oh, I got crazy. it. crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but, yeah, she loves that game. Dude, that's a, Dude, that's a great game. I yeah. love that game growing up. Makes and now you I've, think. I've kind of been sitting back too lately, and I've been like, Man, I'd like to play that in the car, like, more. <laughs> well, dude, like, even in, in – and I think Caitlin's listening to this. Uh, hey, love you. Um, but I, I think she she does that a lot. So when we go on road trips, we'll use, if we're driving multiple vehicles, mm-hmm. we'll use uh, walkie-talkies, radios. Always, yes. Because when you get into certain areas, there's no cell service. you got to have the convoy communication. And I can always tell when Caitlin's getting super bored or tired because I'll get a radio call. Like, I'm thinking of an animal. Okay. <laughs> She's bored. But then she started to play that on Engage, actually. On Engage, um, she started playing that with her car. And then they started calling other cars to play it with us while we're driving and i'm I like man that's the best this it's is like awesome. one of the best one of the best games ever the person communication are you thinking of an animal we try we're trying to teach kennedy the person one mm. that's a little tougher it's large, large, you know? for sure. animals tougher. are a little bit easier in yeah yeah and sometimes you gotta i mean it can't it's gotta be something that she knows you know yeah. you gotta make sure it's something that she knows you're like what's an orangutan oh, orangutan how do you say it well i think um, it's funny how many people don't know all the like actual subspecies of animals because like yeah. I'm thinking of an animal, and somebody shout out to whoever's watching that they know who they are. Um, they're like, I'm like, they're like, is it a bug? And I'm like, yes. They're like, that's not an animal. I'm like, that's a, a, yeah. a, a bug. Bugs an animal. Yeah, that, that's a yeah, that's a but, subspecies. That's yeah, someone, no, someone that may or may not be listening. Because you have mammals, you have amphibians, you have uh, reptiles, bugs, you have uh, marsupials. Those are all subspecies of animals. And those people are like. What the heck are those? So we're gonna have another podcast that's gonna be called the the Nature Show. Yes, with Jeremy, the NG Nature, the NG NG Nature Show, NG Nature Show. Um, no, it's, okay. Well, mine's not nearly as cool as that. Um, so right when I was right before I got started at this church, I got COVID. Not right now. We're good. Yeah, but I got COVID. Um, not that you can get Wait, it through a good. podcast. I think you're safe. Um, if you're worried, we're going to be talking about fear today. So yeah. go put your mask on and get ready. But, um, but uh, I had COVID and uh, circumstances created uh, a need for us to, to live in my dad's camper. And the only place we could park it was Hinkley, California, which is a lot of dirt in you and yeah. water you can't drink. That's basically Hinkley. Uh, so we um we had to live and we lived in this trailer i kept testing positive and i was like what the heck but caitlin would always test negative i don't know she's just impervious to the covid i don't know one of her one of her superpowers (laughs) yeah one of her superpowers um she's not a good test taker i guess she fails every time (laughs) but uh but we were out there for like three weeks and man we had i mean there's no service out there and so then we had i had to get a um uh hi manny oh yes i love it oh he's moving his mic up Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Manny, the Manny Cam in Manny person. Cam. Hey, this is what we do, though. This but is I the had, things that are um, important in life. I had a Tighten mobile hotspot. More. But <laughs> there you go. You can do it, Manny. 
That's what I'm talking about. Is that better had, or is it still too? I had a mobile hotspot. A little bit. And um, it didn't have unlimited data. Yeah. And so that meant that I could only use that for work because I was teaching remotely. Yeah. And so what did we have to do the rest of the time? I remember we downloaded three episodes of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse for Kennedy. And she was only like two. Um, I think if that. I love that. Just uh, so three. Like, well, well, that's all we can find. Yeah, that's we had to rotate them. <laughs> Uh, that's really, that's when episode. she discovered the Mickey Mouse. We actually like, had a video. Oh, but guys, I remember, like, I remember being so bored that I would walk out into this pasture of dirt. And oh, how I would pass going. the time is just, no, there was no grass. It's just dirt. And I would just throw rocks. Like that's literally how I, and I, I made like a contest. Like I would try and hit a chair that was like 50 yards away. And Timmy's so I was here <laughs> skipping stones. I'd straight up, man. On water? No, dirt. <laughs> I joked with her. Get it every time. <laughs> I skipped it like 40. <laughs> There's no water either. I, 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 I joked with her family. I was like, hey, you guys are from the country. What can I do with a stick and a rock? You know? It's a bazooka. Do you have any, do do you you have any uh, <laughs> games from back on the farm? Uh, but no, legit. Like, I would just go out there and throw rocks. And then, like, if I didn't hit the chair, mm-hmm. I would walk to where all my rocks were landing because that's where all the good rocks were. Yeah. And I would try and hit something on the other side. Guys, I would do this for hours, right? This is this is where I was mentally before I started at this church. Like literally <laughs> the it. weeks leading up to like the first luncheon that we had with you guys was like the first human contact we had had. Like, it was so you. great. It was like amazing. Like, no wonder you're so friendly. I like that guy. That's like the first time I saw it's like civilization. Yeah. That's the first time I saw Caitlin actually throw something. It was great. We have a video of it. But um she needed hype music and I think like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse came on. That was her hype music to, to throw to throw this rock. Hot dog. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, Grant and them like brought us Del Taco and then sat 20 feet away from us and we had oh. lunch with them, quote unquote. Uh, it was great Which time. is so sad because I see a bunch of statistics that say like the six foot rule had nothing, yeah, no yeah. scientific benefit at mm, all. Yeah. And I was like, that's lovely. But that's how I feel my, my boredom time. I mean, a more creative way when I was bored and before I was mm. married in Kansas, I remember a section of the fence fell down at my house and it just laid there in the grass forever. And there was a day that I was so dang bored. And so I went to Home Depot, grabbed some wood. And took all the, basically I repurposed the whole fence section and it's still to this day the headboard on our bed. It's like I actually like made our headboard. Right? That's, That's awesome. a way cooler That's story so cool. than throwing rocks. I Manny, don't know why I didn't. Do you do anything, Manny? I should have gone for that one first. You got, you you got something you do when you're bored? He's like, I'm bored right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's playing He's playing a Clash of Clans over there. Yeah, I play Clash of Clans. Clash of Clans. That's not, that doesn't count, man. <laughs> Other than something digital. Yeah, go outside. Touch grass every once in a while. Touch <laughs> grass. I go outside and touch what grass. Do you, what do you mean by that? <laughs> We're gonna. Yeah, that's a podcast for that's another a pod, time. Yeah. Um. Well, hey, hey, your backyard has no grass. <clears throat> <laughs> He's. Uh, we'll we'll teach you the art of boredom. It's okay. Um. So I I encourage you all if you're listening to this podcast, it's okay to be bored. It is right? absolutely. Uh, even spiritually, it's okay to just be in the silence. Don't don't feel like you have to fill that your you know your day with noise. We I I referenced this this morning at men's breakfast with what you were talking about. Um, but man, sometimes God's voice comes as a whisper, mm-hmm. right? And if so, if your if your custom is just filling your day with noise, you're, you're not I mean, how are it. you going to effectively hear? And yeah. no, like no, like the clouds aren't going to split open. But like, how many times like does does a passage of scripture or something like that or someone's name just cross your mind? Like that's God talking to you, you know, mm-hmm. and if you're filling your day with noise, like even Spotify, I remember doing a study with my students, the number one app that students use, what do you think it is? Spotify. Yeah, Spotify, right? And some of them logged like eight hours 
which means they just have constant noise playing um, in the background. And, um, you know, is, is Spotify is listening to music a bad thing? No, God invented music as a great thing. But we do have to get better at like being in those moments of silence, allowing our minds to be creative, to think about things, Absolutely. you know, because even in ministry, we've talked, to, I've talked with this uh, Pastor Rich and Pastor Carlos, like you've got to get creative today with ministry, you know, and the way you approach your budget, the way you approach ministry events, like we have to be creative. And when you're, when you're creative, it shows your commitment to being a good steward of what's in front of you. Right. And so when you take what's in front of you, you're like, well, this is what we've got. Now let's figure out how we can use what we have to, to better steward what's in front of us. That's called creativity. Right. And so, you know, whether in a, when, if you're in a survival, I mean, one of my, have you ever read the book hatchet? No. Okay. It's a great book about this kid. I mean, it's kind of sad, but yeah, you've read, he raised his hand. We're not in school, Manny. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, Manny's read, you've read that book. I didn't oh, know you yeah. could read. You know? Um, so the, uh, that's good, man. He's like, it was the audio book, but <laughs> watch, I watched the movie. Uh, no, I'm glad, but it's a great book. Um, and it's about this kid that, um, he's getting a plane ride and the plane crashes. The, basically the pilot has a heart attack. The plane crashes and all he has is a hatchet that his mom gave him. And he uses that. It's, it shows like how he uses that hatchet to like, he needs to start a fire. So he strikes this rock to create sparks, right? To, to make the fire. Um, he uses it obviously as a blade. Like it shows like mm-hmm. all the different, and like at first he remembers these, you know, okay, well, what do I have on me? And I've got a belt. Well, what can I use these things for? Yeah. Oh, well, that's called creativity, right? Absolutely. Uh, you're looking at the resources and how can I steward those, uh, to, to help me out, you know? Um, and then, you know, that's a good thing on a survival standpoint, which is what we're going to kind of talk about today. Um, uh, when we get to the whole bomb thing, but, um, but yeah, like b- get better at being bored and just let your mind create. And sometimes absolutely, you're going to come up with weird stuff. Like, all right, I'm just going to chuck rocks. And you guys, I hit that chair a few times. I'm, I don't want to brag, but, uh, I hit that chair a few times. I'm just saying, um, but you might like learn a ton about animals as you're trying mm-hmm. to do this animal planet thing or, or whatever it may be. But, but man, productive boredom and 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 actually i would say plan moments of boredom why not no i love that idea especially because i'll be honest i've been the person that's like when i'm eating i'm listening to something i'm watching a movie doing dishes i got youtube on or it's like things like that and it's like in my mind i'm like dude i'm watching like listen to a good podcast i'm watching this movie that's educational and i'm like yeah i might be learning something too but i'm also i could just be passing the time and just like yeah. ultimately that's mainly what i'm trying to do but it's like I fully believe too that's like there's good silence and that's one thing I love um that also like started doing I need to keep up on it is like every morning I was just start starting to go on a walk yeah no music nothing literally just going on a walk just to be in the sunlight and then also just to think and just yeah. spend that time with the Lord and that's especially you can even just pray like as you're walking it's one of those things like really important because taking that time to listen to God is is huge yeah well and again like man do the dishes and instead of putting them in the dishwasher like wash them by hand, you know, like plan those moments. And I, like Caitlin can tell you, I, sometimes I get so lost in thought when I'm doing the dishes, there's actually recently twice in one night, she walked up to me and said something and I jumped like it scared the <laughs> crap out of me because again, I was so like fixated on whatever I was thinking about, like whatever was going through my brain and I'm, and I'm thinking about, you know, whatever it may be or house or whatever it may be, man, let your mind wander. Like the, the, the brain is such an amazing thing that we yeah. can't even replicate with technology, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, uh, man, like, why would you not just allow yourself to be, be creative? Like let yourself be bored mm-hmm. and see what God does with the boredom, you know, and plan those moments of boredom. Like 
heck, bring us your ideas. If you're just sitting there thinking about how we can be more effective as a youth ministry or whatever, tell me what happens in your hour long boredom walk. You know, um, when you just start, I just need to get outside. I just need to look at, what'd you say? Touch some grass. I just touch need, some to, grass. <laughs> need to touch some <laughs> Go grass. Go touch some grass, and, son. Yeah. As long as it's the right grass. Anyways. Um, we live in the Sahara. That's unfortunate. Well, Go pound some sand. <laughs> Touch some turf, yeah. All right. I love it. I love it. Well, we could talk about boredom for a long time. Um, Until you're bored. But maybe you're bored with it. Yeah. And that's good. Your your mind is working. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Um, and I don't know. Caitlin can maybe tell you. I just realized that I spelled boredom wrong on this. <laughs> on our notes. But anyways. <laughs> I think I did. Anyway, um, Caitlin can probably tell you more. I'm sure there's probably studies that actually show the value of boredom and um, I think it's fun. and all of that. Um, maybe we'll get her. We need to do, hey, that's a good idea. Hey, if I don't know if you're listening, Caitlin, but remind me. When, I think there's a mental health month, and it'd be good to get Caitlin on here to talk about some, some mental health interview. stuff. So I love it. Do an interview with her. That'd be good. Interview the interviewee. Yeah. Oh, you, mm. know. you can counsel us oh. on the NG podcast. On the NG podcast. People are like, let me, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a graphic to show you again from our good buddies. I say that they probably have no idea who we are, but still, uh, we give them a shout out because it's a great resource. The Pour Over yeah. News, check them out on Instagram. Um, they put up a story this week uh, titled, which you can see here on the screen, Russian Space Nukes, Bad 80s Movie or Current Headline. Ooh. Um, and uh, that's where the bombs comes in. That's obviously more missiles than bombs, but I want to talk about this because i feel like more and more of this starts coming up right i mean i just told you about the story that that also came along you know people are afraid that if trump becomes president he's going to pull out of the the un or whatever and you have the ukraine having to back off of the the line and are giving up more ground to russia and what's china gonna do and then you have a space balloon yeah i don't even remember that absolutely we let it get through space balloon almost all the country before we was like oh man what are they doing you know uh, what were we putting, doing? Putting their, putting their foil hats on, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and uh, the government's trying to read my text messages. And I'm like, if if the government wants to know what I want from Del Taco, that's fine. They're doing it. It's good. And they pulled a lot more than just what Google Earth has. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but like all that yeah. say, like, man, there's just like so much of like a culture of like fear and like, man, what do we do? Like, does this mean that I have to be afraid that just some nuke's gonna come flying out of space at me? Like, um, are we entering into the Star Wars era where somebody's gonna build a Death Star? Absolutely. You know. Um, like, what do we do with that? And so I, I, we're we not going to talk Wars, about nukes um, necessarily. But um, I do want to – and by the way, just as a side note, I did actually this week because my car has been broken down. I had to take a couple of lift rides this week. And so I actually asked my drivers about what we talked about last week with the whole strike. Yeah? Yeah. And um, I learned some some insightful things. It was really good Yeah. in my long – and there's some interesting people that are lift drivers, but – but I learned, <laughs> I learned a lot. It gave me a lot of context. So it was all, it was all good. One of them did do the strike. One of them did not. And I guess, I guess they did like pull the plug and like at some point started paying way less. And so that's actually what caused the strike. I don't know. But anyway, I got to learn a lot more. But that has nothing to do with bombs. So we're no. going to move back into what we're talking about. Uh, we're more so talking about fear, right? And I know we, we, we almost had a podcast before the podcast just in talking about this stuff. But... Um, number one question, when we, when we think about all of this stuff that's out there and all this fear and is there going to be a world war three and am I going to wake up to the sound of an explosion? And if we, if I hear an air raid siren, I don't even know what to do, like whatever. Um, and heck now even you got people afraid of weather, 
Oh, yeah. You got tornadoes touching down oh, in yeah. San Diego, you know? We got earthquakes here. Yeah. We got a bunch of stuff. Uh, don't talk about earthquakes in front of Kate. Like, she's still really nervous, right? Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but like what, man, like, it just seems like there's so much to be afraid of. Um, so should we as Christians fear this kind of stuff? And, and, I, and I know we talked specifically about what I'm asking here. I'm not asking, like, should we be afraid? We'll get to that in a minute. But, like, should this be a monster in the closet? Like, should it be something that we we actively fear that it affects who we are. What do you think? Um, when it comes to fear, I think that specific word, no. Um, I think there's a big premise between preparedness and paranoia, especially when it comes to fearing things. Um, me, I'm a person that I fought my whole life. I don't do that because I'm terrified that I'm going to get in a street fight every time I go don't walking lie. down the sidewalk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you watch Batman. You saw what um, happened to his It's parents. something that I've just always loved, and I think it's very important for people to know how to defend themselves and be prepared in situations. Yeah. Um, so I think having total ignorance of things is not good. Right. Um, but I think having complete paranoia that is going to consume you is wrong. Um, absolutely. Like, even when it came to, like, we're getting our hurricane in California, all these other states are like, you guys get ready, get ready, California, what are you going to do? And then it hit us and we're like, I, it's rained harder on a regular Wednesday than it did that yeah. hurricane. And mm-hmm. it was like one of those things where it was like, we're all right. It's definitely having paranoia is, I think, very interesting. And I think if there's the most people will say that, oh, well, if you are prepared, then that's just paranoia, which I'm like. There's a balance. There's a balance for yeah, sure. There's a balance. Um, Because I know a lot of people that, they will go make their doomsday prepper bunker and go out to the middle of nowhere. and Which secretly I want just to have it. Like, not because I feel like I need oh, dude, it, I, but it'd be fun. I've had so many thoughts where, like, I'm going to dig a massive trench in our backyard yeah. and put a railroad container and just build a bunker. Like, that'd be <laughs> sick. Not? Like, why not? Like, I mean, I want to, I want to, but I want to have, like, the secret. Actually, book, no, not the, the book. book. <laughs> no, no, no. Mine's going to be, like, a bust of my brother on my desk or no, something. You push mine is going to be the, like the, the statue in the, the study that you lift up and click the button. Oh, that's okay. like the. the you have the two like fire poles going down to the bunker. Okay. Yeah, and if it breaks, like you have no way of getting back up. Or it's just unfortunate, but you know what? It is what it is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, and I think you're right. I think there is a good balance, right? And dang it! Yeah. Now you got me like planning. <laughs> I'm like planning out a bunker in my head. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, we could have snacks. Dude, it okay. comes out underneath Small the waterfall. Cereal. It doesn't go bad. Um, no, but uh, but yeah, like I I think that there is a balance, right? I mean, I have family members that have bunkers. Don't yeah. worry, I'm not going to talk about it. Don't worry. So don't call me after this. But um. <laughs> But I've got families that have hidden bunker and family members that have hidden bunkers and things like that. And but I do think that there's a point where it reaches into paranoia, where where absolutely you are afraid, and like every day you're just on edge, knowing that something wrong is going to happen, right? Um, and uh, man, I just don't, I don't know why, but I just thought of the great theologian Dory from Finding Nemo, and she's uh, talking to Marlon, <laughs> and he's like, I just don't want anything bad to happen to him, or I don't want anything to happen to him, right? And what what does she say to him? Well, you can't wish that because then nothing will ever happen to him, right? Um, and so there is a point where it, where it passes into paranoia, and and that's too much. But but I do. I mean, we're talking specifically as Christians here. Like, at what point do we have fear? And and I've just got a few verses there, and I'll I'll take if you want to read the Isaiah passage, hmm. um, but Matthew twenty ten twenty eight. It says, "Do not." And you, you, what's interesting is, hey Manny, uh, did you know what that means in the Greek? What? Do not. Do you know what it means in the Greek? Don't. It means do not. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. Uh, do not. So this means that this is a commandment, all right? This is not a suggestion. And I mm-hmm. think that that's important, right? Yeah. Um, Matthew 10, 28. I'm going to open up the real Bible here because now you, you convicted me. I'm looking at a screen. Look at me over here. <laughs> I'm like the screen slayer from Incredibles 2. Sorry. Uh, it says yeah, this. I've even got it under. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. In hell. In hell. hell, Right? Well, well, what is that passage saying? It's a command, right? It says, don't fear those people. And again, this is different than being scared. Absolutely. This is is something that encompasses who you are, right? Like it takes over your actions. It takes over your thoughts. It takes over your focus, your intentions, right? Um, That's that level of fear. Hey, don't fear these people. And, And remember the context, right? That these words are going to be going out to people that are being pers- even right now that are being persecuted, right? Which we'll get to the passage that you're reading. I know, I, I'll read it. Um, but the passage that talks about how we will experience that tribulation, right? Yeah. Well, well, what do we? I shouldn't fear those people. I should be able to to still be strong in the face of that. But what do we do instead? And actually, in my Bible, I have the word "rather" circled because mm. I love that it's a it's something that we're supposed to omit, and then it shows us something that we're supposed to commit, right? Yeah. So omit what are we supposed to omit what are we supposed to remove it's it's fear of people that can kill the body like we shouldn't yeah. be afraid of dying and i love like my brother talked about this at length um i can't remember i think it was i think it was in chapel um one time he came down to western and spoke in chapel and he talked about death being a doorway like if if you are a christian you sh- you really shouldn't fear death right yeah. like that it, it is a doorway that you pass through that leads to that eternity with god in hell. like why would you fear that momentary moment of pain and affliction when in reality, even if it leads to your death, where does it ultimately lead? You know, it leads to that eternity in heaven. And so I think it's a great example, like Shadrach, Meshach and Joel Benny, you know, they were completely prepared to die for Christ. Yeah. Cause they knew that they were in a kingdom that was ruled by somebody that did that thought they were God. Yeah. And it was one of those things that they were fully prepared to like, if the Lord saves me, awesome. But if not, I'm going to die. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm still not going to bow yeah, down to that. I'm yeah. still not going to bow down to your idol. Yeah, so don't be afraid uh, because what what can they not destroy? Like no one, no human being can destroy your soul. No. Right? And that's such an important thing to remember that, that you can afflict my body, but you can't, you can't affect me, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't, right? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, right? Like you can't affect my soul, but there is someone that can, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where this, this omit, this commit comes in, right? Instead, yeah. rather... Fear him who can destroy both soul and body in yeah. hell. You know, and again, like that, that puts a priority of like, man, if I'm going to have to pick and choose who I fear, who I highly respect, who takes up all of my attention, who takes up all of my time, all of my, who, who informs my actions yeah, and the way that I view the world around me. And it's, it's God, right? Like if I have to pick and choose who my focus is on, why would it not be the greatest being of all time? You know? Yeah. So, so that's that first passage in a, response to this, but um, yeah, go for it. I think it's a big thing too. It's like, it's one of those things like we're going to fear. It's one of those things like if there are actually nukes circling the planet, it's going to be, yeah, I'm going to be terrified. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like it's one of those things at a lot of points in our life, we are going to have fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when it going into the next passage, like we're going to go right into right now is Isaiah 41 10 is it's like, do you let that fear consume you? What do you do with that fear? How do you let that implement your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and Isaiah 41 10 goes right into where it says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. 
it's one of those things where like you're gonna fear, but God's got you. When you do, what are you supposed to do with that fear? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Do not fear because you have the God that is so powerful he can destroy you physically and spiritually in a sense. The God that created you, he is holding you. Yeah. And so it's one of those huge things that when you look at big picture, yeah, if a bunch of nukes did come crashing down, that would be horrible. Yeah. And would be terrifying, absolutely. No one expects you to giggle in that moment. No. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you have a God that is one with you, two, will strengthen you, and three, holds you to his sovereign power. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things when you realize that even if we do die, God is still holding you and he's going to have a place for you. Yeah. That you don't, we're not going to care. No. Well, and again, like he's the Avenger, right? And we, mm-hmm. and we talked about, I, I think I mentioned this when we talked about war. Um, fear is putting your faith in, in the devil, right? Yeah. That, that when you put your, when you have fear for the wrong things, you're putting your faith in what the devil might do to you, right? Um, the boogeyman in the closet, so to speak. Uh, but man, if you ever trust, if you actually trust Romans eight twenty eight that he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, well, why would you fear that? You know? Yeah. And I just and again, like this is that lesson that I've been has just constantly come up, but man, that eternal perspective, like when we, in all of these responses, what is that response to that fear? It's God, it's heaven, it's something eternal, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's that that idea that even Jesus would encourage those that he knew were gonna face death with the place that he's going to prepare for them. And so it's, it's when you have that eternal perspective that, like, is a nuke intimidating? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure getting blown to smithereens isn't on people's agenda. You know? be fun. Yeah. No. It'll um, be painful. It'll be good and death, death, I mean, death is scary, and it's, it was never intended. You know, yeah. God, um, God never intended for de- I mean, death came because of sin, right? And, and, and it, it's, it's sad to him. It's sad to us, you know? Um, so it's obviously not something that we should look forward to with like happiness and, and giddiness only in the sense that we look what's after it. Right. And that's that eternal piece, you know? Um, and I, and I'll, I'll close with this um, because again, am I going to have those periods of fear? Uh, John sixteen thirty three. my favorite verses. Um, John sixteen thirty three. where is it? Right. The end of 16. I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. And those are in red letters this is Jesus talking. Oh yeah. In the world, you will have a tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world, you know, and just like, man, what a comforting verse. Like I just, like close your eyes. I mean, in moments of boredom, close your eyes and just try and imagine what it's going to be like yeah. walking into heaven. That, you Absolutely. Know, that, that when you realize, I mean, Isaiah 25, like read that passage and the, or listen to that passage with your eyes closed where, where it's talking about God preparing a meal for for you, and then you watch Him defeat death. Like just yeah. just imagine that moment, right? And He has overcome the world. Like the biggest, baddest, bad guy that you can ever encounter on this world will have to answer for what he or she has done. You know, Absolutely. and that's a guarantee. And it's not my job to execute that judge that judgment. But again, what is the guarantee? You will have tribulation. Yeah. You know, you and, and Jesus promises it that you will. It's going to happen. That word will in Greek means will. It's yeah. going to happen. In my version, I love that it, one thing that I've always looked at is it says be courageous. And I love that because you say all the time, it's like courageous, having courage is what you do with your fear. Mm-hmm. It's like acting in the face of fear is being courageous. And that's one thing that I, I love because it says, uh, Jesus says, I have conquered the world. He's already taken care of it. 
also being courageous is when you're encountered with that fear, what do you do? And I think for me, I can easily like the best I can relate to is like a self-defense scenario. It's like most people like you're going to defend yourself. You're not being fearful, but you're being prepared. Like if I want to have a CCW and be prepared to protect myself, but also the people I love around me, that's not necessarily having fear. That's not if paranoia. you take it to the extreme, like you're always looking around, always gun drawn, ready to go. Yes. Yeah, that's being paranoid. Yeah. But if you're, it's just us chilling right here and I'm carrying, that's not me being paranoid. It's being prepared. Yeah. Just like with Nehemiah 4, um, verse 20, it's, he had their towel in one hand building the walls, but at the same time, he knew that people were looking at Israel because the walls were fell and they were vulnerable. And he knew that tribulation trials will come. Yeah. They were ready to prepare, prepare and defend themselves. Yeah. They had bows, swords, and spears. And a lot of people can say, well, like, oh, well, self-defense, it's not, you know, that's when you're first getting hit, then you defend yourself. They're like, what do you use a bow for? Shooting people at distance is yeah. like, they were ready to defend themselves no matter what. At the same time they were building. And so it's really important that I find that in that courageousness, you have to also act in the face of fear. Don't let that fear encompass you and completely surround you, but let it prepare you in a way that you're going to honor God in that fear. Well, and that actually leads to that next question, is being scared okay? You know, should we be preppers? And like, again, there's a TV show called Preppers, you mm-hmm. know, these people that have these insane bunkers. Um, and again, like, is that kind of stuff wrong? No, I mean, I, I lived in the Midwest for long enough that a lot of people have storm shelters. If a tornado is going to come, you want to have a place to go, Yeah. right? And you want to have food in there just in case you get stuck, you know? But, sorry about that, but is being scared okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like who's not scared, you know, um, anybody that is in a, in a moment of tribulation or walking around our world right now that doesn't have a healthy dose of, of fear I mean, is lying. Jesus in the garden. You know? Yeah. I mean, he said he like, was... let this cup pass from me, you know, yeah. like <clears throat> it's okay to have that, that, that little bit of, of fear. Right. I mean, it's scary. Like life out there is scary. And, and sometimes it's, it's physical things that you're afraid of. Sometimes it's, it's emotional things or just growing up, you know, like. Growing up is, is an intimidating thing. You're in a pretty serious dating relationship. Like, what comes after that? That's intimidating. Yeah. Like, entering into a serious relationship is intimidating, you know? Entering into college, that's, a, that's scary, you know? Having to pay your own bills and, and, and set out on your own. Like, yeah. you know, those things can be scary. Um, however, eventually, you've got to get out of the foxhole, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing is, like, when you look at, at, at Joshua 1.9, which is, is heavily quoted um, however, that, that phrase is used all over the place in Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous. It's said multiple times. Well, I want you to think about that verse. Who told them, who told the Israelites, who told Joshua to be strong and courageous? God did. Yeah. <laughs> God also told him, I'm going to do this for you. So here's the thing. Why should I have to have courage if God's going to do it? In reality, it would seem like I don't need courage because God's going to take care of it. So why would God tell them to have courage? Well, again, you have to actually trust in that moment that mm-hmm. God's actually going to do it, right? And that takes courage yeah. because when they're walking around Jericho or whatever they were doing, everything's pointing to them being vulnerable, right? Yeah, we're going to walk around a militarily established With a huge city, wall. Huge wall. We're just going to walk around it for seven days. Yeah, everything about that didn't make sense. No. Like, I mean— like everything about that. I mean, you look at Gideon, like the battle plan. Hey, cut, keep cutting your numbers down. Okay, now look at the ones that are drinking with their hand. Like keep cutting your numbers down. You got 300? Cool, that should be enough. 
No one in their right mind would do that, right? We're, like, we're going to go with 30,000. So is God going to provide? Like, yeah, you trust that, but why is it going to take courage? Mm. Because of the fact that you have to trust that God's going to provide, that he's going to deliver on his word, even when it gets scary. Like in those moments of tribulation, is God going to act? Yeah, and that should give you confidence. Like, like Manny talked about a few weeks ago with that godly confidence. I loved that, right? However, why are you going to need to have courage? Because you actually are going to have to trust that God is going to come through, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times he comes in in the fifth quarter, in that ninth hour. Like he comes when when our trust is complete, you know, so to speak, um, and in his timing. And if and if you're going to trust God, uh, you have to trust him to act in the way that he wants to and in the timing that yeah. he wants to. And that takes a lot of courage. You know, Absolutely. if we're staring at a nuke and we're like, God, please take this away. God, please take this away. And it's still there. Like, yeah, you're going to have a little dose of fear. Why? Because blowing up is not fun. It's not on anyone's agenda. When you like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, dead. That's not that. Hopefully, (laughs) that's not your agenda. You know, so it's okay to be scared. What is not okay is when you let that fear control you, and when it keeps you from doing what God has called you to do. Because ultimately, you're letting that fear become that false idol, that all-encompassing thing in your life. Where when it pulls you away from serving and pursuing the Lord, that's when that fear is become too much yeah that's a good question like how can fear be an idol yeah right um like how can 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 something that's not physical be an idol like i think we know that you mm-hmm. know uh, but how can fear be an idol i fully believe so yeah i mean how like what is what's an example of like how fear is an idol for some people well i know like even for me like i was nervous about doing like uh my written test um uh, and i was like i have no idea what it's gonna be and even in the invitation to it's like there's no practice test for this and so at that point i was like i was nervous i was like well how the heck am i going to study this so i was just searching everywhere doing all this stuff then i just started diving into all this stuff researching doing this doing this practice test this practice test that even though it clearly said there's no practice test for it yeah i was still like i'm gonna find every practice test i can (laughs) um like when it takes it took up a lot of my time Mm. um but if i took it and let it consume my every single moment of that day over time with God. That test in that moment, I'm not trusting God to prepare me for it. I'm trusting myself and I'm trying to rely on my own knowledge and try to pursue it the way I thought I should. Whereas one of the biggest things before I did the test or before I did that is I fasted. I like I wanted to prepare myself spiritually so that way I would be physically and mentally prepared for it. Well, and you, you I mean, you talk about focus, right? Like mm-hmm. that's really what an idol is. What are you focusing on? What are you thinking about? constantly you know yeah. what's the first thing on your mind what's the thing you talk about the most well a lot of people the most thing that they focus on that they talk about are their fears right um you know are we gonna are we gonna make the bills are we, are we gonna get accepted are we gonna you know is she gonna um go out with me like whatever it may be or whatever it may be like we it is so easy for fear to control us yeah. and to take away all of our our um you know all of our attention and you know what that's called it's called worship like yeah. when you are giving all of your attention to something in a moment, that's called worship, right? Mm-hmm. So we can worship fear, you know, in that sense. And that is the, that's, that's the, the opposite of what we're, yeah. we're called to do. One of the biggest things I can relate it to, too, being like with youth and that stuff is like when you have finals coming up, tests, exams, things like that, you obviously need to be prepared for it. Like you obviously need to study, put the time in. That way you're going into that situation with the work unto the Lord. But if you're making sure that that is like, consuming everything on your mind that is taking up all of your time aside from god you're not trusting him either and that's one of the biggest things is like 
when I got ready for like my last math exam, I was like terrified. But it's one of those things like I learned what I could learn. I put in the work. When it came down to it and I finished it, I'd, or even coming up before it, I have to put the hand like what I know is what I know. God's going to carry me through it ultimately to the end. Yeah. If I fail, I fail. It's okay. It was to the purpose of God. Well, and that's another podcast for another day is yeah. the, the beauty of failure, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like huge. It's one of those things where like some things are out of your hand. Like I could put it, I put in as much work as I could. That was God honoring and that's all I can do. Um, I'm not going to let that whole thing encompass my life over Christ. But ultimately still it's a responsibility that I have and I'm not going to go into it. Well, you know, Jeremy said I didn't need to study. I'm okay. God's going to take care of it. No, you yeah. still need to put in that work and yes. honor God in that area. That, and that's being prepared, right? Yes. Like that's the difference between being prepared and, and being paranoid, you know? And again, like, like I, I love this picture. And again, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a history buff. I, I love, especially um, that early, like first half of the, of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I bring it up all the time, but I think the imagery that that's in this, uh, there's private Blythe was a part of easy company um, and during world war two mm-hmm. paratroopers. And it was one of their um, one of their biggest combat missions. He's in a, a foxhole with another guy. And when the combat starts that next day, everybody's shooting and doing their job. And where is he? He is literally curled up in a mm-hmm. ball on the ground, hugging his rifle, just screaming as loud as he could. His fear had completely consumed him. That that he couldn't he couldn't do his job. He couldn't think straight. He couldn't hear anybody. But then one of my one of my favorite pictures is that at one point he looks up, and um, I think at the time he's a captain, but Captain Winters, who's his his officer in charge, goes over and stands next to his foxhole and doesn't scold him, doesn't beat him down. He says, "Get up, Blythe," and he helps him stand up, and he says, "Give it to him, pour it on him," right? And he's just encouraging him, and and like you know, listen to our warfare podcast, but just this imagery of like. And God's not scolding you. Like if you're if you're afraid, God's not God's not scolding you because you're afraid. He says that tribulation is going to come. The life is going to be scary, but He says, "Take heart, I've overcome it. I'm I'm going to help pull you out of that foxhole. I'm going to help encourage you, so that way you can continue moving forward. Because there's a lot of moments in life where you're going to be so frozen and so fearful that you have the fight or flight. Am, am I going to fight? Am I going to choose to? Mm-hmm. To pursue this and do what I know God's calling me to do, or am I going to withdraw? I, I've met a lot of people that I've invited to mission trips with us. I mean, Af- we're going to Africa in a month and a half. You want to go? Yep. Yeah. Uh, in a month and a half, we're going to Africa. And there's quite a few people on that team that I had to encourage um, that were honestly afraid. And there's other people that have told me flat out, no, I'm not going to go because they're afraid of, of getting sick or they're afraid of something happening to them. And, and that is when you need to be on your guard. Right, that is when you are letting the fear dictate the level at which you obey what God has called yeah. you to do. I think it's also like really important too is like when you bring up the analogy of the foxhole. It's like that foxhole when you're in it is like that's the heat. If some battles flying, you're taking cover in that foxhole. I think one of the biggest things also you can do is who are those people in that foxhole with you? Yeah, and how can you help each other in that area? Because soldiers mm-hmm. wouldn't just be like you're alone in that foxhole. I'm like I'm in mine. Like stay in your own. No, it's like dude, get in my foxhole with me. Like, let's fight. Let's, yeah. it was one of those things where that camaraderie and those people that you're in that heat of that battle, that, that moment is when you truly see the best relationships form and build. And I think that's also really important that God puts it on us is we're a body of Christ to sharpen each other. It's like, don't let fear consume you. If you see your brother in fear though, help him. 
Yes. And I think that's one thing that you just mentioned too, is he went up and he encouraged him. He picked him up. Who are in your life? Those people that are in your quote unquote foxhole. Yeah. Like who have you put in those areas? Cause if you have all these people that are not going to help you, then that's useless. And you, yeah. If you surround yourself with yes, man or whatever. Yeah. Um, that are here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, and and that that gets at that king's table. Like you're Jonathan, you're Joab, and you're Nathan. Yep. Like who do you have that's going to call you out, like Nathan? Who do you have that's going to encourage you, like Jonathan? And who do you have that's going to fight for you, like Joab? Yeah. You know, you have to have those people in your life because life's going to get scary. And if you're on your own, Ecclesiastes teaches us that you're going to fail, you're going to mm-hmm. fall. And so you're going to need people that in those moments, like, man, it's okay. Like if you read a news article, and you're like, guys, I'm not going to lie. I don't know why, but that just really freaks me out. You yeah. know, um, it's it's better for you to tell someone that you're scared. Which I mean, we can get into this about being guys, but I mean, guys don't like to admit their fears, right? But there's yeah. so much. I mean, it's so beneficial when you admit, dude. Like, not gonna lie, this this has me a little bit worried. You know, so that way those people in your foxhole, at your king's table, whatever you want to call it, can encourage you and, yeah. and lift you up and and help you keep moving forward, reminding you of the mission. You know, and again, like in that same foxhole in an, in an earlier scene, um, he's talking to another guy that's just gung-ho, right? Captain Spear, um, Lieutenant Spear at the time. He says, we're all scared. Everybody's scared. Yeah. Um, but he says, you just have to accept the fact that you're already dead. That's the only way that a soldier can operate. And I don't think he's saying like, just ad- admit the fact that you're going to die no matter what. But what he's saying is you have to realize that that's a, that's a real possibility and you need to accept that so you can keep moving on, yeah. right? Like that is a po- – I mean Jesus says like you will experience tribulation. Like that is a possibility. You know that moving in. And once you accept that, you can operate the way the soldier is supposed to. You can operate mm-hmm. the way that God has called you to, knowing that even if a person can kill my body, my soul belongs to God. And I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear man. That I can, I can know that that tribulation is coming so it doesn't catch me off guard when it does. And that allows me to continue to move forward and do what I'm supposed to do yeah. um, as God has called me to. So, and then it kind of leads to that last question. Um, how should we respond when so many are in states of fear like this? I mean, because if we look at the culture, let's look outside. Like we've talked about internally, what do we do with fear? But what do you do if you're in a culture like, like ours right now that is so saturated with fear? I mean... You just talked when we were talking at length about people feel like they can't drink Coke Zero because it might give you cancer, or you can't, you know, um, go on a walk at certain hours of time because you might get um, mugged or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like we just live in this culture that is so informed and wrapped in fear. You know, you have technology that infrared cleans your mail because you don't want to accidentally get a disease from your mail. Like there's just so much. That's built into our culture that caters to fear. How do we as Christians respond to the inerrant fear that's in culture? Mm-hmm. That's a, it's a very loaded, like, big question. I think the biggest thing that will help you respond to that is just having truth at, like, your main party and your main site. Um, when you have scripture, when you have people around you that are always building you and sharpening you in those areas, it's going to be really, really important. Yeah. Because um, when you get hit, like, I think one of the biggest things too is uh, wisdom has to be behind knowledge because um, knowledge, you can know things, but if you don't have that, that direction, that purpose, those things to go behind knowledge, it's going to hurt you more than sometimes it's going to benefit you. Yeah. And I think like with that instance, like, yeah, drinking Coke zero can give you cancer, but it's like also 
if you let that completely consume you and hurt relationships in your life where like people are drinking cokes you're all the time and you're like putting them down you shouldn't drink that like that's gonna hurt you that's gonna do this and it's like one of those things where it's like what what's the purpose of that yeah and it's like wisdom i think is a bigger trait to have than that knowledge i feel that's something that is so like lost in today is like we're so overly informed in today's society where you can just google anything you want and then you could easily become paranoid yeah, over Web everything. M- WebMD. It's like, oh, yeah, um, that coat can kill you, but also, um, oh, there's a mosquito that carries malaria and can also kill you, but it's yeah. like you're not wearing bug spray 24-7. Right. It's like one of those things. It's like it's really a big thing where it's like you have to pick and choose one of those things in life that are you going to let it affect you to the point where you're hurting relationships? Are you doing – because ultimately our main purpose on earth is to glorify God and make his name known. Yeah. And it's like if you're letting these things in your life consume you and – not be able to glorify God and not make his name known. I'm not going to go to Africa because there are mosquitoes that can kill me, but it's like, yeah, but if God's calling you Jesus, that don't know yeah. Jesus in those areas, you need to go. Yeah. It doesn't matter what things you're going to face. Right. And it's, it's really, really important. Well, and it's ultimately trusting that, you know, and I, I mean, I think of Paul, like when um, he's shipwrecked and then he gets bit by the snake and, and what allowed mm-hmm. him to move through that. He knew that God was calling him to Rome. Well, he knew he wasn't in Rome yet. He's like, all right, well, yeah. if I'm not in Rome, then I'm clearly not going to die here. So, you know, again, what God said to him was what allowed him to keep moving. Yeah. And I think, again, like when we look at fear in society, we need to be that, that, that calm in the storm. You know, like, yeah, you might be scared, but in every moment where everybody's scared, someone needs to step up to be that voice of reason, mm-hmm. you know, to be that, that calm in the storm, that, that encourager, that, that looks at everybody else that's afraid. Yeah. And says, hey, it's going to be all right. You know, like we yeah. need to, to seek to be that person, that leader in the midst of the storm, you know. Um, and as we keep our, our gaze fixed on Jesus, we can more effectively do that. And Absolutely. I, um, and, and, I mean, when you think of Peter stepping out of the, out of the boat, well, when did he start to sink? When he took his, when he took his focus off Jesus mm-hmm. and he looked at all the waves that were around him and all of that's when he started to sink. Yeah. And he said, oh, you, oh, you have a little faith. Like, like for us, we need to keep our focus fixed on Jesus. So that way when others lose their focus, we can help them turn their focus back to what really matters. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the father who, who can destroy body and soul. Yeah. Um, and, and make that our main focus every single day. Because if we're, if we're looking at society who's, who's afraid, especially those that, that don't have Christ, right? Especially those, uh, I mean, you talk about missions. There's so many people in the world that have every right to be fearful because they don't have Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so not only are their circumstances on earth scary, but their eternal circumstances are scary too. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you even consider that, man, that's why First Peter says be ready to get in every season to give a defense for the hope that you have. Like yeah. every season, people need to know that there is a better hope, that, there's, that there is a God of peace that there is an eternity and, and a better eternity out there for them, yeah. that, that they don't have to fear their circumstances. Um, I'm also like, a, I, I'm huge, like your body is a temple, protect it, cherish the Imago Dei, the image of God all the way. Yeah. But it's like, it's also that, that fine line, are you trusting God or are you being fearful? Because it's like, if you're like always like, oh, I'm not going to have that gun in the house because just the higher percentage of a gun being in the house, there's going to be an accident. Oh, I'm not going to use that microwave because, oh, it's emitting radiation on my food and it's, it's going to kill me. Oh, I'm not drinking Coke because it's going to cause cancer. And it's like, at that point, are you trusting God in your life or are you just taking in all of these information that is going to swarm your brain and that's going to hurt that, that true glorification of God? Oh, yeah. 
And, and I'm not saying don't protect yourself. Yes, protect yourself. Be healthy. Be physical. Like, be wise. Be wise. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't let it jeopardize our true purpose on this planet. Yeah. Well, and don't let it control you. And yeah. again, like it's okay to be prepared. And again, be more focused on building others up. Like if people are, hey, like, and we'll talk about convictions here in a second. But if people feel a conviction to stay away from certain things, don't put them down. Yeah. Um. Or if if they abstain from things, like don't put them down. That's their conviction. We should be more about building each other up, because we need to encourage each other to to, to keep going, right? Mm-hmm. And you, we need to have those people that are the calm in the storm. And technically. By the by, what the Bible would say, man, that's Christians. Like Christians should be those that are steadfast and calm in the storm, because they realize more than anybody else in the world that, and life on earth is temporary. That everyone will eventually pass from this first life. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it will happen. We don't know the circumstances that it'll happen. Whether it's a nuclear bomb coming down from space or you choke on a piece of shrimp, like we don't know what the circumstances around that are, but we do know that it's going to happen. So what do we as Christians do, man? We've got to be that 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 defense of true hope and, and true peace for our brothers and sisters who are afraid, mm-hmm. but then also for the lost that have no hope, that have no peace, and pointing them to that. So yeah. I hope that that, um, that that finds you well. And, and just remember that, like, as you see headlines that come out that are scary and, and that are uncertain, um, and just remember um, that you have no reason to truly fear any circumstance on earth if you declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yeah. Um, but there are people that do because they don't. And so that we need to, to keep that in mind, have courage, and continue the fight so that way more people can have that courage. Absolutely. Um, well, we do have some questions. We don't have a ton of time left, so we're going to have to kind of burn through these. First question that, that comes from Vivi, she says, how, how's y'all, how was y'all's day? Uh, good. Good. We're doing pretty good. Pretty good. Mr. Joel That's, helped me fix my car. Yeah. It's a ministry-filled day, too. Yeah. Good, good breakfast, the guys. You're doing the podcast. Yeah, it's it's going it's going pretty good. Thanks, mm-hmm. Vivi. It's only um it's only just begun. And more things to do yeah, after yeah, after do. it all. So but yeah, going pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh maybe comment with how your day is going. Let us yeah. know how your and don't be like good, you know, just tell us like what's going on, you know, what's happening in your life. Next question comes from Roxy. We did talk about this one a little bit before. Um but we need to keep a time in mind. Yes, um, cuz this these. can be very Yes, cuz this can deep. be a podcast in itself, which yes. maybe we will uh, talk about this more in a podcast, uh, but she asks, what does the Bible say about the death penalty, if anything at all? Um, it, so it talks about the death penalty because the death penalty is in Scripture. I mean, yes. the Old Testament says, um, if you shed the blood of man, by man shall blood be shed. Um, we see people like Anan, I mean, God himself, if we look at Achan, yeah. they received the death penalty because they disobeyed God. Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament, when they lied about their offering, mm-hmm. um, they dropped dead, right? That was a death penalty because of what they did. Yeah. Okay, uh, James 2.10 um, Matthew 18, 21 through 35. We're going to talk about that here in a second, but I want to get to um, convictions versus doctrine. So doctrinally, here's some things that we know. We know that God high, highly, highly values the image. The Imago Dei is, is extremely valuable, and we need to have that same level of value. Yeah. That, that we do not disrespect life. Scripturally, we also know that we do not determine when life begins, Mm-hmm. So if you want to think about abortion, that kind of those implications, but we also do not determine when life ends. That is ultimately up to God. Mm-hmm. So if you are given the opportunity to be in a judge's seat, like the judges in the Old Testament or like a modern day judge, what is your criteria for determining life and death? 
because you have passages in James 2.10 that say, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. So what that means is that I am just as separated if I am a liar. I am just as separated because of my sin that a guy who killed someone is. Because sin separates us from God. That makes us imperfect. We cannot be around perfection if we are imperfect. Yeah. We are soiled. We need Jesus' forgiveness. We also know that if you look at Paul, who is a murderer, even he was not too far gone. Yeah. So we also understand how powerful grace and forgiveness is. I mean, we have stories like this. Uh, we have a graphic of a story uh, from the Chicago Tribune of, of a mom whose daughter was murdered. And what did she do? She not only forgave him, but she continues to write letters to him um, out of out of forgiveness because she realizes what she has been forgiven from. We have we have Matthew 18, 21 through 35, where, where Peter says, man, how many times should I forgive my brother? And Jesus says, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven, that, that we should be about forgiveness. We should be about reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So on this question, what does the Bible say about it? There is a point with a disrespect to the Imago Dei yeah. where death is the response. The death penalty is something that is listed in both Old and New Testaments. However, what leads to that decision always has to be informed by God's standard and not man's. And that is where it it becomes very difficult to navigate because especially in the—I hope I'm never in the judge's seat that has to make that decision. However, if reconciliation and forgiveness is my ultimate aim— then I have to be plugged into God's standard of right and God's standard of wrong whenever making that decision. Because if I am not without sin, I cannot cast a stone. Yeah. So I have to be mindful of that. However, even Scripture lays out the importance and the value of the Imago Dei. So do I think the death sentence should be given to a person that's a compulsive liar and a thief? No. no. But do I believe that that even Scripture aligns with by... If you shed the blood of man, my man shall blood be shed. Yes, it's it's all the way through, both the Old and yeah. New Testament. Should I be the one to determine that? I believe that there are a very few select people mm-hmm. that are chosen by God to be the judge of that. And if they are chosen to do that, they cannot disrespect that responsibility, and they cannot make that decision without being informed by God's standard of right yeah. and truth. I think one of the biggest things, because it's like when you look at the Old Testament law, especially it's one of those things, thou shalt not murder. And it comes to like a lot of people say that as thou shalt not kill, which there's a big difference because in the U.S. here, we only put people on death penalty for murder. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the biggest things is you, unless you killed people, either one person or a bunch of people, um, that's the only way you're getting put on death row. And yes, people have been falsely accused and put on death row and put to death. And I think that is horrible. I think somebody failed in their responsibility and that is terrible. I think them and themselves disgraced the Imago Dei in that area. Um, when it comes also to the thought of like, when you think of war, it's like God has put people in that place to go and kill people. And it's that same, it's, it's very interesting when you look at the, the perspectives of like who God put those people in place for a reason. Yeah. Um, because technically war is people, one government, one nation going to kill another people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was instrumented and used and God uses war in many instances in scripture. Yeah. And when you look at the death penalty, it's also still, it's the court, the government is putting someone to punishment for what they have done. Right. Um, and I completely agree that 
it, it is a very, very fine line. Well, and the goal should always be reconciliation, right? One hundred percent. Always be God's standard. One hundred percent. And again, like I would even, I would even counter that and say that maybe with war, God doesn't send us to kill. Yeah. There is a there's a purpose in that. Is killing involved? Yes, but that's yes. not the purpose. The purpose is to return to a standard set by God, right? Yeah. That that uh, that even in response, when we think of war, when we think of those things. What is the ultimate aim? To to return to a state of righteousness established by God. That that is that that is the ultimate aim. That that even when when nations were used by God um, to judge Israel, well, what was the aim? To return them to Him. That that what is the ultimate goal of of those being used as instruments in God's hand? Mm-hmm. It is reconciliation. It is a reminder of His power, of His standard, and His purposes. And so for us, if, if we ever evaluate, man, should a person die? Well, have you expended all possible ways of re- reconciliation, returning to God's standard of right, returning to his purposes and his plan? Because even in war, the true measure is not knowing when to take a life or when to spare one. Mm. Well, same thing. The true measure of judgment is not knowing when to take a life or when to spare one. Have you, have you exhausted all possible mm-hmm. ways of reconciliation, of forgiveness yeah. being made. Because I mean, you can go back to the 90s of what would Jesus do? You know, like how would he judge that case? Yeah. Would, would he be quick to, to offer the death sentence? Would he be quicker to? And that's easier for Jesus than us because he's God. However, that doesn't change the standard. And so I would say like, if you are a judge, it, and, and, and I mean, we have students listening. We don't know what careers you're going to end up with. But, but whenever you, if you do end up being a judge one day, what standard are you evaluating that decision on? Yeah. And when you render your verdict, whether life or death, what informed that verdict? And again, what informed your decision to pull the trigger in war? Was it hate for the enemy? Mm-hmm. That's murder. But was it defensive right? Yeah. Same thing with the death penalty. When you, when you render a verdict of a death penalty, what was the motive? Was it hatred for the person because of what they did? Yeah. That's murder. Or was it... And a defense for right and God's standard known. Yeah. And in defense of the Imago Dei. It's definitely. And also to that too, there's the, the both sides that it's, you're going to either get punished or you're going to, it's, there's that, that thing that God will yeah. punish those well, uh, the way yeah. he chooses to. Either in this life or the next. Yes, yeah. The way he mm-hmm. chooses to ultimately. Um, and I think that's like a real big example too. And like, I think it's following Romans 13, like the people that are put in place above you, God has for a reason, all mm-hmm. leaders. Um, and I think that's also, there's a place for good and bad leaders. Yes. Um, and it's one of the things like I admire Paul in, in 2510, where he says, uh, Paul replied, I'm standing at Caesar's tri- uh, tribunal where I ought to be tried. Um, I have done no wrong to the Jews, as even you yourself know very well. If then I did anything wrong, I am deserving of death. I am not trying to escape death. But if there is nothing to what these men accuse me of, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. I think it's really cool because Paul is still, he's following Romans 13. He is still upon, like, if I did something wrong, God judge me how you want, how you put these people in place. But also, I also love that he also has that side where it's like, I did nothing wrong. God will also put in place that if I did nothing wrong, they won't be able to touch me. When it's also understanding the consequences of your action, that if you know that the, one of the consequences of your action is the death penalty and you still willingly commit that offense, then you have to know that that's a possible outcome. Yeah. Right? 
um, because that's the, that's the law that's laid out before Absolutely. you. And it's I mean, not like, well, wait, that's not fair. You didn't say that ahead of time. Well, no, it's very clearly stated. Absolutely. So you need to be aware of, of what you're willingly disobeying and the repercussions of that disobedience. Yeah. But again, um, being willing to accept the punishment that you know is, is due to you is, is godly. Yeah. Um, but just like you mentioned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that, that, that it is bigger than you. Right, mm-hmm. and it is is bigger than the decisions um, that you make. It is ultimately God's purpose and His plan. And so, if you end up in that seat of judgment, be wary of of why you choose what you choose. Yeah, and know that sometimes your decision will be unpopular, um, especially because a lot of people, out of anger, just again they want just or what revenge. They don't want justice, mm-hmm. but revenge. But your your decision as a judge is justice, not revenge. Yeah, it's not. Um, getting even, you know, so to speak. Um, but it is justice and what yeah. is right by God's standard. And yeah, and I truly believe that God will always, he has his hand in everything and he will always apply what he wants to apply. Because yeah. I believe like what you're saying, like when you do something, you should expect what's going to happen, the, the, the punishment for it. Like if you're going to distort and disgrace the Imago Dei, in a way you're also distorting your own version of the Imago Dei, yes. like your view. Um, and it's, it's definitely, yeah, if life is expendable, then that shows to you, if life is expendable, that shows how little you value. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those very hard things. Cause it's like, like we talked about during the war thing. It's like, I would never want to condemn someone to hell. Yeah. Like that would be the worst thing as a Christian to condemn someone to hell would be horrible. Um, but it's also at that same, not, but it's at that same time. Where it's like in the act of self-defense, if a man came up to me and was going to rob me at gunpoint, was going to kill me or the people I love around me it's going to be very difficult in that moment to defend yourself because ultimately, yeah, nobody wants to truly kill somebody. Right. Um, but they're bankrupting their life for something. They're bankrupting their life. And it's very, it's God will, I think in those instances, he will choose that tribulation. He will choose that punishment. Right. Whereas he's going to either have me like, I'm going to sit back and not do anything and he'll go on with his day and give well, me money or the act of self-defense yeah. will happen. Well, and there's always, there's always, um, a resolution and it doesn't yeah. always have to end, you know, in no, death. absolutely but, not. But I do think that, 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 I mean, again, it's a decision that very few are called by yeah. God to make. And when it's made, it should only be in line with, with his standard of righteousness and judgment and knowing that he's the ultimate judge, that, yeah. that justice will be served one day, yeah. either in this life or the next. Very few are called to be judges. Very few are called to be Navy SEALs. All those yeah. people that are put in those places to do their job. And this, and this brings to mind, um, which we'll have to land the plane here, but this brings to mind, um, conviction versus doctrine. And again, like if you know everything that we just said, and so your choice is like, look, I just don't think that the death penalty penalty should be there. Remember that that is your conviction, right? That that the way that you tread that line is choosing abstinence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we have to be careful to not belittle others because of our convictions, because we get really passionate about our convictions yeah. to the point where if people don't share our convictions, um, they're lesser than, and I need to argue with them, and I tear them down. When in reality, we should be about building each other up. And yeah. so, in reality, like if we know the doctrine, if we know, we both agree that that the imago day is valuable. We both agree that that the standard is God's righteous judgment. Well, then our conviction of how we navigate that might be different. But as long as it's not a conviction that violates doctrine, mm-hmm. then we can agree to disagree. We can build each other up. Now, if my convictions ever violate doctrine, absolutely. 
defend that because it's a violation of, of yeah. it's a violation of that. You have but, to keep that truth. Absolutely. You have to be very careful of, of how passionately you defend your convictions yeah. and knowing when the, where the line is between conviction and doctrine. No, and I've been guilty of it too. Or like you get, it's sometimes when you get in debates, you get heated, things like yeah. that happen. You yeah. get passionate about what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, and it's very hard, but it's always that gut check. Like what is scripture? What is truth? Yeah. What are you actually speaking to? Cause our goal is to glorify God. Yeah. Um, and that's in everything we do. Um, and so it's very, yeah, very tough sometimes. We'll have to do a podcast on that one for sure because we can keep going on that one. Absolutely. I do want to hit this last question from Ernesto. How do you, as in us personally, build up the courage to talk to someone about God? Again, you know, just refer back to everything that we said about courage, you know, yeah. just knowing what the ultimate mission is and, and again, getting in the habit of obeying even in little things. Like if you feel like God's calling you to walk on the other side of the street, go just immediately go walk on, just get in that habit mm-hmm. of, of instantly obeying what God calls you to do. Yeah. And again, re- maintain, I have to maintain a universal perspective that that person's soul state is more important than my convenience. And so if I want to strike up a conversation with someone in, in the line at Walmart because it looks like they're feeling downtrodden, I don't have an agenda. I truly want to care for that person. And if it leads to me, man, I, I, might, I might just straight up lay, lay the gospel out for them. I might pray for them. But it's again, it's ultimately, it comes down to what your perspective in your day-to-day is. Is, is that person knowing Jesus most important to you? And if so, it, you should willingly inconvenience yourself to make sure that that person knows who Jesus is because you don't know when that person's last day is. You don't know when your last day is. And so what I would say to you, Ernesto, is at the beginning of each day, are you reminding yourself of what God has called you to do um, as his follower to go and preach the gospel teach people to obey everything that he commanded you baptize them remembering that god is with you in the foxhole reminding you that even when it's scary your reputation isn't as important as their redemption yeah and you have to remember that 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 at the end of the day i want to know that i did everything i could to make sure that the people around me knew who jesus was and the way that i lived my life and in the words that i spoke that i took every opportunity and, and to snatch people out of um, by the love of Jesus. So that's what I would say to that question. Again, yeah. just just refer back to what we talked about with fear, you know? And one of the biggest things too is your your capacity is only as good as like your training, especially in a lot of areas with evangelism, things like that. If you're nervous, fearful, and you, you see yourself doubting that courage to go and be evangelizing, go um, and share the gospel, one of the biggest things we have to overcome that is get that experience, get that training in. How much are you being in the word daily? How much are you truly seeking God daily? How much are you looking to glorify God where you are at school, um, places everywhere you are? And it's one of those things. If the only thing you're going to way to get better at it is getting that time in and an experience, yeah. um, and expose yourself slowly and slowly and keep progressing. Uh, God's not looking for perfection; it's that progress, and it's yeah. that constant pursuing and that that um, it gets easier as you do it. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, don't you're not going to be an expert apologetic theologian right off the bat. I read one verse. Now I can share the gospel with anybody. No, it's, it takes a lifetime of work to get good at it. Knowing what works and knowing what doesn't by experience and Mm -hmm. experience is the best, is the best teacher. Absolutely. Failure is the best teacher. Um, But remember that if they reject you, if they're not rejecting you, they reject the the message that you bring. Yeah. And, and again, at the end of the day, if you go to, yeah, if you go to heaven um, and you say, man, I've sowed every seed that I had um, and everybody rejected me, but I was faithful with what you gave me. Yep. All glory to God for that. Yeah. He uses us as vessels. We're not the we're not to convert people. He uses us to speak to people. He's we're a vessel yeah. ultimately. 
Yeah. That's one of the biggest things. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there you go. We got boredom, bombs, death penalty, and uh, evangelism. Lots of great topics for today. Stuff. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know we went Absolutely. a little long, but you guys are awesome. We thank you Good guys topics. so much. Send us your, your boredom tips, uh, and we'll maybe share those with other people. But again, um, we thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank Absolutely. you, Jeremy. Thank Absolutely. you, Manny, for being back there on Send the Send your questions ship. next week, too. Yep. And, and we love uh, them. Keep them coming. We'll see you right here same time next week. Absolutely. We're out. See you.